This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 53. Coming up, we discuss ways we can properly store our food to maximize its shelf life. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. This is a podcast that's dedicated to navigating how we can improve our health and well-being through small healthy habits we can start right now. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica, and every other week we'll sit down with a certified health expert from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and dive into topics covering nutrition and fitness and a whole lot more. And on this episode, we're talking about how we can properly store our food to maximize its shelf life. And we're joined today by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan's Grace DeRocha. She's a certified uh, diabetes educator, a registered dietitian, a certified health coach, and she's also a mom. And so as we're coming out of this hunkered down thing, you know, where we're all worried about how much toilet paper we have and do we have enough legumes? Uh, you know, I mean, it's like, what more do we need to worry about, Grace? This idea <laughs> of storing food, I think, is going to be, I wouldn't call it a habit, but maybe a habit or something that we're just getting used to that we'll continue to think about as the months go by, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think storing food properly is good information to have for the long haul, and especially during this time. So we've seen all kinds of online articles and other things and videos about how to store food. We've seen people selling. Have you seen this stuff? You know, in case of the nuclear attack, we can get 55-gallon drums of some kind of freeze-dried something to keep in our basement. We're not talking about those kind of extremes, but we are talking about how to store the stuff that we have been buying, and maybe because we don't want so many trips to the grocery store, uh, stuff that we buy in bulk, and then what do we do with it, right? Exactly. And yeah, we want to make the best use of it, enjoy it while it's delicious and fresh, and avoid wasting money or our time by um, having it spoil or go bad on us. Yeah. So where do we start with this? I mean, is it is there a basic rule list that we should all be following when it comes to certain things that we're bringing home? Yes. Yeah, so in general, there are ways to store certain foods that are going to allow you to keep it fresh, keep it healthy, and also have you not waste money. So we want to reduce the cost and the trips to the grocery store. And then we want to help you in this process, kind of meal plan as you go along. And honestly, not overbuying and storing things properly are good for the environment and good for you. So we're going to come into a place where we're not overbuying. I mean, isn't that one of the issues, you know, that we go to the store and then it's like, hey, where's the, all the bread? What happened? Right. Like, why are we hoarding bread, right? But we should be considering stuff that will keep. So for my brain, can we break this up into uh, food storage 101? Would we start where? In a pantry or cupboard, like dry storage? What should we be thinking about? Yeah. So if we're talking about dry storage or things that usually you think of that you would buy more regularly when we're talking about fruits or vegetables. So here's a few things. Garlic, onions, and shallots can last up to two weeks on the counter or in a dry, you know, you could put them in a bowl, you can mm -hmm. leave them out. If they start sprouting, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> it's starting yeah. to grow. You, well, you'll you know smell something too, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know Eventually, you've seen yeah. that before. Yeah. Here's another thing, though, a side tip. And I call this the freezer is your friend. For any of these things, you can chop them up and have them ready to go and 
use them for cooking later if you put them in your freezer. So just something to think about if if it's starting to get to the end of its rope, if that garlic is looking a little funky or the onions are starting to, they're questionable, so you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Chop them up, chop them up all at once. So I always say cry once with the onions and then cook <laughs> many times. <laughs> well, now you talked about sprouts because you can see that on a potato. You can see it on an onion. I don't know that I've ever seen garlic sprout, does it? It can. <laughs> but if a sprout happens on an I've still used an onion and I've cut that off. It wasn't like it was moldy or soggy or there was an issue. I guess I caught it at the right time. That's okay. Yeah. With onions, you know, it gets mushy and there's yeah, situations yeah. happening on, on the counter that you don't want. Yeah. Well, then tomatoes you talked about. I just mentioned potatoes, squash, that kind of stuff. We should be storing them where? Yeah. So those actually are supposed to sit out. Keep those out of the fridge. I will say this. If you have tomatoes, especially from the garden, you can definitely leave those out. But if you want your tomato to last a little longer, this isn't the rule of thumb per se, but because of food science, the cold refrigerator will help it prolong Mm -hmm. so it doesn't go bad faster. Mm -hmm. But rule of thumb is to keep it out on the counter. To the point where you're going to use it. In other words, don't even refrigerate it at all until maybe you cut it. Exactly. Yeah. Bananas, citrus, melons, those are actually best left out as well. Once you do cut one of those things, then it's important to put it in the refrigerator. So let's say you had a big cantaloupe and you cut half of it to enjoy for breakfast. The other half then you would put into the refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts and seeds, airtight containers, dry goods. So dry goods like your pastas, your rices, those things. And I think we'll talk about some pantry staples in a little bit here. Those can last for up to six months. Obviously, those expiration dates are on there, so keep an eye out for those. Well, you know what's interesting? I probably went through half of my adult life until we switched to keeping butter out or even in the pantry in a, in a small container instead of having it inside the fridge. I think families go through these things, you know, where some families keep butter refrigerated, some don't. And I grew up in a family where we always had butter in the fridge. And my wife said to me at one point, we'd been married a long time. She said, why are we doing this? What are I said, well, that's the way I grew up. And you don't really need to, do you? Yeah. So, yes, this is what I tell people when we're talking about butter. If you use your butter regularly, and I'm talking about true butter, not margarine, right. margarine would go into the refrigerator. You could keep it in you know, your butter container. We have mm-hmm. one on the counter if you're using your butter regularly. If you don't use butter that much, though, you should keep it in the refrigerator. It, it is coming from a cow milk cream. So if it's sat out for too long and that it isn't being used regularly, it should definitely be stored in the refrigerator. And I do want to say this, not just because you're my friend, but because you're a dietitian. I feel like you're looking over my shoulder from a distance. <laughs> we do have the spray stuff. Like when I get corn, I'm not lathering it up with butter. I just wanted to say that for street cred, <laughs> you know, while I'm on with a dietitian, just so you, you know. Yes, definitely some good street cred there. One yeah. thing I did want to mention about different fruits and vegetables. So there are some that give off an ethylene gas and should not be placed near each other or else they will all ripen faster. So like, for example, those onions that we were talking about earlier and bananas, right? they should not be like in the same bowl slash like the onions in the bowl with the little hang up thing for mm-hmm. the bananas. Don't put those together because then both of those things will ripen faster. There's a few, there's avocados, bananas do that. So do onions, some of the stone 
fruits like plums and peaches, tomatoes. So they give off ethylene gas. So some of those things you need to keep away from each other. A big one I always say are onions and bananas should be on opposite sides of the counter or else your bananas will brown spot real fast. Well, isn't there a trick, though, that if you combine something like oftentimes we go to the store and we can't find anything but solid green bananas, right? But can't you expedite that a little bit by exposing them to some of these other things, too? Yeah, if you want your bananas to ripen or your avocado to ripen, they can be friends. They can hang out and then <laughs> they'll be good to go. Another you've thing had the kids, in, you've been locked <laughs> in with the kids too long. I, you're explaining everything in veggie tail language to me. Yeah, now. or like even this is actually a very simple trick that people don't know with bananas. And I can you tell that I've made banana bread, banana pancakes? Oh yeah, frozen some bananas for smoothies at this point. But if you put a little plastic wrap over your stem of bananas. This actually helps them not release that gas. Oh. And then they could hang out with their friends, but covering their heads. Oh, that's interesting because every once in a while, I don't know the source, but we will get bananas that have a little bit of that wrap. And I always thought, oh, well, that's just because it's coming out of a box that had plastic and they never took it off. You're telling me that's purposeful. Yes. Oh, okay. Never knew that. Because even bananas with bananas you know, at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Costco definitely has that. They have a, like a little wrap on top of the stems because that's where that gas kind of seeps out from. Yeah. So wait, okay, I need to know this now. Do you like your banana slightly green or do you like your banana with brown spots? No, I don't like it with brown spots. There, and, and I'm a big banana lover uh, almost almost every day with either oatmeal or kashi or something, but I, I'm right in the zone. It's got to be just past the green and just be flavorful enough. And then, you know, there's that happy place that, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, where it's not too soft, it doesn't have spots, but it's not green. So yeah, I'm right there. I'm more just past green is where I want to be. If mm-hmm. there's any brown spot, I'm, I'm done. And luckily, that's how Tom, Tom likes his like a little bit sweeter with the brown spots. Yeah, yeah. But they are good to freeze. And you're right. You can use them uh, whether you have kids or not. They are good for, and we've already done it, banana muffins. I think we've mm-hmm. done, you know, I mean, if you're hunkered down, there's only so much stuff you could do. We have done banana bread, banana muffins. Smoothies. And Susan's got the big baggie going in the freezer, you know, because yeah. we, uh, it seems like such a waste. And does she peel them first? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. good. I have seen people not peel them. And then they say to me, this frozen banana trick of yours is terrible. And I was like, oh, I forgot. They're like, I I feel like I got frostbite because I was trying to peel it after. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I'm yeah. so sorry. I forgot to remind you. You have to peel it before you put it in the freezer. All right. Good idea because that is good stuff. I mean, you don't need sometimes even more than half of a full-size banana to create some wonderful goodness in the blender, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's go into the fridge now and go through a list of things to think about because I think I'm going to be shocked or maybe <laughs> surprised at some of the ways you're going to suggest we should keep things. So what about mushrooms? Because I love mushrooms. I do too. And my husband's allergic. So it makes me really sad. So mushrooms, the packaging that it comes in, you want to leave it in that packaging. Even if it's a plastic container with wrap on it? Because, you know, some of those are in that recyclable plastic deal. Yes. So after you can recycle that. Wild mushrooms. Oh, I want to. Oh, I love morel mushroom hunting. It's coming into that season. But wild mushrooms, you want to put in a paper bag 
in the crisper. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a key. And you can keep them dry that way. And yes. morels, you know, I don't know, the season may be a little delayed because yeah. the weather stayed cool in Michigan. Usually it's Mother's Day mm-hmm. right around kind here. of weekend is the peak, yeah. but uh, it'll be interesting to see what that means. Yeah. It's funny. Some of my friends up north, well, and your brother's up there, yeah. they have found a couple sprouting already. Oh, that's interesting. He used to get them all across his front yard. He's up near Cadillac, mm-hmm. and uh, then it stopped. So I don't know if it was an underground, you know, they say it's related to decomposing root systems or something, but yeah. it just stopped when he first bought this place on five acres. He walked out one morning and the whole yard was oh. populated with morels. Can you imagine? If you like no. mushrooms, that would be, oh my <laughs> that God. That would make me so happy. Yeah. Um, okay. There are separate drawers in your refrigerator for a reason. There is a fruit drawer mm-hmm. and there's a veggie drawer because the way that they're made, fruit naturally has fructose in it. So just because of the difference in the food science of fruits versus vegetables, they belong in their separate drawers. Don't mix and don't, this is key. And I don't think people realize this. We're living in a different day and age, so it's a little bit different. But usually I would tell people not to wash until they're ready to eat. Right now, I want people to wash everything before yeah, they put it in. Yeah. But just because that extra water can tend to mold and spoil things more quickly. And talk about this washing, because this may be another one of those habits that sticks with us as we're moving into the summer and even beyond. What When it comes to bananas, you're bringing them home. They've been out exposed, right? They're yes. just sitting there on boxes and people are walking past them. What is the best thing that we should be doing? Is it just a little bit of soap and water that you run over your veggies and your peppers and stuff that's just hanging out without a bag? So you have a couple options. And I want to remind people that Fruits and vegetables are porous, kind of like our skin. Mm -hmm. So it's important to make sure that we clean our skin the way we would clean fruits and vegetables. So yes, a little soap and water, even dish soap. Um, You can make a big soapy bath and then throw everything in and kind of rub it down and then let it dry or dry it fully. That's the key to avoid that extra potential mold or spoiling faster. Another thing that people can do is they could take rubbing alcohol, spray a paper towel, and disinfect the outside of their fruits or vegetables that way too, and let it air dry. So those are the two best options for fruits and vegetables right now. And rubbing alcohol won't hurt any of those fruits because we have a little sprayer where we've got the concoction of, you know, six tablespoons of alcohol and a little dash of uh, some kind of soap and then mostly water. Yeah. And we're using that to disinfect all kinds of stuff. But I could spray that on my bananas? Spray it on a paper towel and then wipe the banana. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not directly on. But yeah, because that kills a lot. And you want it to be like 90% or above of that isopropyl alcohol that you're using to mix with your stuff. Yeah. Okay, good idea. What about cheese? Come on. Oh, I know I that's cheese. got its own drawer with the turkey. <laughs> Don't put that with the app, any apples or anything. I get yes, it. Yes, exactly. So the cheese and the lunch meat drawer that has its own space, you want to wrap that in a porous material, cheese paper. That's why there's cheese paper, because that is the best thing to kind of keep it safe, keep it breathing, and allow you to store it for a good amount of time. But if it came in a bag, if it's a Ziploc bag of shredded cheddar or even slices to use with burgers or something, I mean, you're not talking about taking it out of there. Just leave it in the bag with the paper in between each slice or whatever, Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I should have clarified. Like more like your blocks of cheese. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Meat. So if you're defrosting something or using, so we're talking about raw meat here, you want to store that in the coldest section of your refrigerator. And that is on the bottom shelf. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, it's the bottom shelf. 
because that happens to be the coldest, heat rises and usually your lights are up top. But also because if you're putting raw meat into your refrigerator, you don't want it to have the potential to drip down. So if you put it on top and it was defrosting or if some of the juices kind of seeped out, it could then drip into your food. So for food safety reasons, bottom shelf, it's the coldest and the safest. And what you'd want to do if you had your meat and you bought it from the store is you would want to rewrap in foil so it's sealed. A lot of people do a bag, which is okay. You just want to make sure that bag is clean. And then you want to make sure you cook or eat that within four days tops. And you know, a lot of the big box stores, are they have bags there now that roll out just like they have in the uh, veggie and fruit section, right? Yes. So that you can mm-hmm. grab, <laughs> let me just say, it's, you go to Costco, I don't really need a whole side of pork, but that's the way the package is. But they now have these jumbo bags you can slide in yes. whatever you're buying, and that way the juices at least are not dripping you know, inside your fridge and causing a new contamination issue. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, same with fish you know, bottom drawer. So when you're going to use your fish, it's important to dry it before storing it because again, those juices, then you wrap that in wax paper and again, in a bag or some people foil it after that and then keep it in the coldest part of your refrigerator. And that has a little bit shorter of a shelf life. Usually I say up to two days before you're going to cook that. Yeah, I I don't know what your habit is, but if we get fresh fish, it's kind of a day of thing. And I think mm-hmm. that was just another one of those habits we developed over time. But yes, it smart. seems to work, right? Yeah. It just seems to be a good idea. I mean, yeah. no one wants their whole refrigerator smelling fishy. Yeah. Okay, so let's move up or down. I guess it depends on the kind of fridge you have to a freezer or to the side, right? What about meat? Uh, We're coming home and we are buying these uh, sides of pork and beef and whatever because we're trying to save a few bucks. This is the time, you know, and we've got kids and families. And so how do you how do you really look at this? Is it all common sense or are there some tricks? So yeah, it's, it is common sense. If you know you're not going to use it from the store, put it in right away. Like don't dilly, <laughs> this actually happens to me sometimes. Tom would say, just, can you just make a decision on your meal plan? Cause I, I waver and then I'm like, well, let's put it in the fridge. Cause I might cook it. And he's like, are you going to really cook it? This is like yeah. happens every time. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, no, I'm putting in the freezer. <laughs> and he's right. He's right every time. I wasn't going to cook it later. I was going to, we have other things that we need to eat and cook. So meat, beef, lamb, about six months in the freezer, pork and poultry, about four months in the freezer. So dating, 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 dating your stuff is so important. Yeah. Here's the thing. It can be confusing. A lot of times on a meat package, it says used by blah, blah, blah. Well, that usually means used by if you're cooking it in the refrigerator to have and enjoy. If you're putting in the freezer, it kind of changes things up a little bit. So there's a few different ways you can do this. Put the date that you put it in, put the date that you need to use it by, either one of those, or give yourself the range. I like to do the range And you can literally write on a Sharpie on the label on there so you can see it. And the range you would begin at what date then? I would begin at the day that I brought it home. Oh, I got you. Okay. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would give myself the four months for chicken. Yeah. So things to think about. I would say this too in a refrigerator or a freezer. If you can find a way to store things so it's first in, first out. Do you know what I mean? So like Mm -hmm. when you buy something new, it doesn't go on top of the old chicken. You know, you put the new chicken underneath that one. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. And of course, you know, depending on the kind of freezer you have, some of us, you know, even for Susan and I, it's just two of us, you're still challenged as to how to fit in the frozen cauliflower crust pizza with the chicken bags and the, you know, so you are trying to be very methodical about making this puzzle work in your freezer. Yes, it is. It's like Tetris. Yeah, but you have to write on there because we've opened the freezer. I have, I'll say. And you kind of know when the chicken has the crystal ice all over, you know, you're kind of done. But if you didn't put a mark on there, honest to goodness, I don't know if it's a month old, five months old, two years old. I have no idea. I know. I have the food safety king in this house. So he has like, we have these day dot stickers that he likes to use for dating things. I mean, that goes for a refrigerator too, you know, leftovers. He loves that. Oh, that's a good idea. And you said fish is up to how long we can keep that frozen? Six months. So that's like the meat. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Bread can last three to six months in the freezer. Yeah. Baked some homemade bread. It turned out okay. Pretty good. So yeah, you have that option too for your bread. And then I kind of mentioned this earlier, but stocking, I, I use ice cube trays in the freezer as my friend. Like I said, <laughs> cry once with the onions and then save some if I, had, I know I have a lot. But usually like things like that can last up to two months. I know we talked about this with Kristen before, even using your herbs or spices and freezing them with some stock or broth and doing that can uh, last you a little bit of time. And then you're kind of ready to cook it right away if you're going to use that for something. Well, let's talk about spices and herbs, Herb, because I I want to know the day of us getting the spice rack for Christmas. I'll bet it still happens. But there are times where I have no clue how long I've had rosemary and thyme. You know, yeah. I just have no idea. So what is the typical length of time for those kinds of things? So there's an expiration date on your spice jar. Stop it. There is. Come on. I'm not kidding. I've never even thought about it. I just look, I kind of smell it and go, ah, it smells okay. So check that out. Here's one of the things is technically they're dried herbs right. that even past the expiration date you could probably use for a little while. But if, you know, obviously we use the herbs and spices for flavor, you're going to need a little bit more to get you there if it's been sitting there for a while. It's funny because Tom and I just cleaned up some things and we were looking at from our wedding, we got this little spice rack thingy and some of them are empty. Like we never refilled them. Right, right. And others, <laughs> we will have been married for 10 years soon. We're like, oh, this is really questionable. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And he just, he threw out the whole thing, Chuck. He just threw, he was like, bye. And yeah, that happened. Gotta go. So in the pantry, if we're still looking at some other things like that, that may be on associated shelves or the same shelves as spices, oils. So depending on what you've got, I mean, you could have a spray can. We've talked about the health of using that, you know, instead yes. of lathering up, pouring tablespoon after tablespoon. But what's the typical shelf life for oil? So there's also expiration dates on that. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out. But if any of your oils, like uh, olive oil, is looking cloudy and where you should store that, you should store that in a dark, cool, dry place. But if it looks cloudy at all, bye-bye. When in doubt, throw it out. Yeah. And I think, you know, the interesting thing for me, I learned this lesson the hard way, not that they're expensive. You know, the boxes of broth now, and we we buy a lot of those around Thanksgiving and, you know, special events. I didn't know right away, uh, just call me a dumb guy, I didn't know that when you turn the cap, that that automatically breaks the seal, right? So I turn the cap and I look and I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, 
this wasn't sealed. And I pour a little <laughs> out, and I think what I saw was the very oh. little bit of fat that was floating at the top. Oh, and I yeah. thought, oh, it's got special presence in there, so now I know it's bad. <laughs> and Susan said, moron, come here. When you turn it, it's kind of like almond milk or anything else. It breaks yeah. the seal. I said, oh, and I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love. It's funny because we have interns that come and work with us sometimes, and they cook with us. And they, I saw someone open one. And then didn't use all of it and then just put it back in the pantry. And I was like, oh, so we had <laughs> yes. a little cooking lesson there. <laughs> right, right. So your point is once you've opened it and you only use half the box of stuff, yes. uh, put it back in the fridge, right? Put that stock or that broth back into the refrigerator. Can I tell you a funny story, though? And this just happened, oh, it's not even two weeks ago. So there are times where I buy almond milk in the box that has shelf life, not the stuff that you immediately have to refrigerate. Very similar process, right? Look, the boxes are almost identical, if not identical in size. The almond milk box I bought was blue and yellow. Uh And the broth that we have in the fridge right now that we made some homemade soup crock pot (laughs) is blue and yellow. I wake up first thing in the morning. I'm not delirious, but the back of the box is in the fridge on the shelf. I just grab it. I open, I pour it in my coffee. I turn, I I come back. I had chicken broth in my coffee. And, you know, being the cheapskate I am, I'm trying to save my cup of coffee. I thought, I'll just drink it. And I thought, no, there's no way. No. 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 So Susan thought there was something wrong and I should be tested, but I'm fine. It was just, they looked alike. You you needed your coffee. You were just. I did. Yeah. All right. So then um, let's talk about other stuff. Canned goods. uh, Obviously, they have dates as well, right? Yeah. So I would say. You know, there's some really important pantry staples that you can have on hand. Spam. And, uh, well, I am. <laughs> no, I I'm lived kidding. In Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii, so. Was that big in Hawaii? Thing. What do you mean? Spam is a thing in Hawaii, and I'm Filipino, so I have had spam in my day. It's not my favorite. My dad loved spam. My dad loved crispy edges, spam with eggs. He was like a spam crazy person. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Filipino breakfast: spam, eggs, and garlic rice. I did not know that. Yeah, and, and wow. in Hawaii too. Yeah. So you learn something new. But yeah. yeah, definitely having different grains, pasta, rice, quinoa, beans and legumes, whether that be canned or dried, nuts, seeds, nut butters, you know, fruits and veggies, canned lean protein. So, you know, you can get sardines too, you can get tuna, mm-hmm. salmon, mm-hmm. chicken, even, stacks and broths like we talked about, oils spices and herbs, all of those things are great things to have on hand because there are definitely ways that you can make a quick meal out of them. Oats. Oats are one of my favorite too. I tell people this, you could have your own chopped challenge by looking around and looking at what food inventory you have. And there are a few different fun apps for this. You type in the ingredients that you have and it will spit a recipe out at you. Now, that sounds like fun because we've done this where it's kind of like a game show, right? You open the pantry and you say what's left in the fridge. And typically that becomes kind of an instant pot or, uh, you know, a crock pot kind of a deal because you've got a bag right. of beans and you've got a can of tomato this and, you know, you've got a little yeah. meat left from something, right? So it's what grandma used to do as well. But right. The app will actually direct you. So you just type in, you know, bag of black beans or something and it says, uh, here's the other stuff you have. Do this. Yeah. So there's a few of them that keep inventory for you too. So you can track your food inventory if you, oh, okay. if you were that detailed. But if not, you can just type in a few of the ingredients that you have. And sometimes it wouldn't use all of them. But a few of those are, um, one is called Fridge to Table. Another one is called Yumly. 
Mm -hmm. I've heard of that one, yeah. No Waste and Pantry Check. Those both have a pretty nice inventory system, too, if you were inclined to do that. It's a lot of work in the beginning, but uh, an Epicurious. So they all have these fun options where you can just go in, type it in, and then get a recipe out of that. Kind of fun. So have you used some of these? Can you literally, for keeping track of food, do you know? Can you just use a scanner off of your phone to scan a barcode, or you literally have to find everything? Because that seems like taking inventory at Walmart or something, you know? Yeah, no, you could use a scanner. If you're using it on your phone as an app, I know Pantry Check I've used before for some inventory. And then I'm bad because then I stop. But... It's pretty easy and user-friendly. Well, I think these are so many good ideas. A lot of the stuff we kind of think about, but I'm going to guarantee there are a lot of pantries now and a lot of freezers. Don't ask me why, but when we were going into the virus situation, we came home with two boxes of coconut shrimp. Don't ask me. I don't know why we thought, like, <laughs> that'll be a good thing to keep in case, you know, in case we're hunkered down. It actually was a good thing to have while we're hunkered down because you only need two or three as a little appetizer with fish or something. Yeah. But you're going to have all these things, especially in a pantry, and a lot of that may be canned or dry goods that you used what you thought for the chili, but yet there's extra, and now what? So I think this is some really good advice of how we can now go through that stuff before we're 10 years down past the wedding and we have to figure out that the beans are, are bad, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I would tell people a few things to think about. Try to somewhat keep an inventory. Try to do first in, first out. Try to date some of the things so you know how long mm -hmm. they've been in there. We've all been guilty of that. And then also just be smart about it. When in doubt, throw something out. But you can figure out ways that you could save things. Well, I am going to admit something to you because I know you won't spank me too much to know that I also have Nutella in the um, pantry and it was running low and we had our, our daughter from New York City was staying with us, right? She came in, thank God, got out and she's doing well. But yes, Nutella yeah. became one of those comfort foods that every once in a while somebody was having a little bite just because of the world we're living in. So I decided I would surprise the girls on my trip to the store and I buy one, and I didn't know Susan ordered one online. So now <laughs> we have first in, first out Nutella. I looked at the dates, honest to goodness. And I uh, so we have more Nutella than any family should possibly consider having. I love it. That is amazing. But what a country. Yeah. If you're going to have too much of something, I guess that's okay, right? You know what? I will tell you, though, Chuck, I have an awesome homemade hazelnut dark chocolate spread that you should try making. It's so of good. Of course you do. <laughs> well, how do. So then how do you keep it? Is that still something you can keep in the pantry then? Yeah. I tell people to keep it in the refrigerator just because you made it. Just throw it in a mason jar. Usually it doesn't last very long because if my kids see me making they when I roast the hazelnuts, they can smell it. And then they know. They're like, are you making your homemade Nutella? And I'm like, I am. And then usually I find them later with a jar and a spoon, each of them. All right. Well, before we wrap up, then leave us with this. So you already teased me So because I may do this. So I want to get hazelnuts and then roast them. You mean literally just put them on a pan in mm -hmm. the oven? It smells so fragrant and it just adds, you know, kind of adds that depth of flavor. Right. Uh, dark chocolate, some cocoa powder, honey or maple syrup all in the blender. And the oil from the hazelnuts is enough that when you're putting it in the processor, it all works out. You're not adding anything but the dark chocolate and the hazelnuts, basically. Yeah, meltable. Like uh, you uh, you warm your dark chocolate. Oh, I put a little coconut oil, I think, in there okay. too, just to help. Okay. But it's so good. After you make it, you will you won't want the pre-made one anymore. This is a great idea. This gives it, because you know, what else am I going to do really? 
wait till I tell everybody now. Now I have a whole new mission in life. Well, it's good to talk to you, and thanks for all these great tips about how to store food, because I think we're going to realize we have a lot more than we thought we did. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Grace DeRocha, who is with us today, registered dietitian, certified diabetes educator, and a health coach, and also a mom of two. So we know that she's had her hands full. And then she's got a husband. Holy cow. <laughs> Uh, uh, thanks for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast. This is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like the show, you want to know more, check out, go online, ahealthiermichigan.org slash podcast. You can catch all previous episodes. Like, you need something to listen to. You can get through mindfulness. You can get through jogging. We've got all kinds of great episodes that could help right now in your life. You can also leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And again, get all these episodes that you want on your smartphone or tablet. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. I'm Chuck Gatica. Stay healthy, stay well.